stuff is pretty pop. But the old country tears in my beer, uh, I grew up on it. Sylvia, did you? Yes, I did. I, sure I mean, did. Growing, I mean, that's all I ever heard growing up. My mother and dad and sister uh, all played country music. And uh, I was, uh, I really never started playing music till I was about 17. And, and uh, how old were you, Sylvia, when you, when you started? Well, I moved to Nashville right out of high school. And so I really didn't have any experience doing music in Kokomo where I grew up. So I really got started at age 19. Doing I work. love this. Lacey Jay's doing my interview for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. It's well, I, haven't seen, well, I haven't seen my friend in a long time, so it's it's really a, it's a treat. Yes. Well, I hope it was a bit of a surprise started. for you. Yeah, it's, it's really wonderful. I'm really I'm happy about it. Beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. We may have another surprise for you later in the evening. We're waiting for a phone call. Um, <laughs> let's talk a little man? bit about <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, keep her straight, young lady. <laughs> oh, be nice. Let her talk. I am. Of course I am. <laughs> See, I have of to keep them in line, ladies. There is no keeping a straight mad dog to see it. Oh. And, I doubt, and I doubt if there's a much keeping mad dog in line either. Uh oh. <laughs> Amelia, you must have to carry a big stick. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Good, Amelia. Go for it. Well, I have a question for Sylvia. I know that you uh, have said that you had started at the age of 19, but not a lot of people know that you actually started as a secretary for one of RCA records. Well, yes, actually, it was a, a publishing company that mm -hmm. uh, was called Pie Jim and Chess Music and right on 16th Avenue, just mm -hmm. like Paul Lacey. Well, <laughs> <laughs> 25, 16th Avenue South for four and a half years, the first four and a half years I was in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And that's and how I'll, you start, you know, that's what paid the so bill. So you were, you were discovered working for a music publisher? Well, I wouldn't say discovered. <laughs> really well, hard. somebody found you. Well, <laughs> I, I actually, uh, I auditioned for a, a part in a group that uh, I didn't get the lead. I was came in second, but the RCA became interested in me as a solo vocalist during that right. audition. And so from there, I, I, uh, about a year and a half later, I, I got signed to the label after Tom Collins, who I worked for at the music publishing company. Right. He uh, took me in the studio and recorded some songs, and RCA liked them, and they picked me up. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I want to get into a little bit of, a, of an introduction here. We've been having a little fun. Let me tell everybody a, a little bit about these young ladies with us. With hard luck songs that reflect her real-life experience, Lacey J. Dalton became one of the most popular outlaw country, and I love that, outlaw country singers of the early 1980s. After winning Country Music Association Award as Best New Female Vocalist in 1980, she released a series of albums that were both commercially critical and original in scope and in, and, and, and uh, come on, dentures, <laughs> in scope and originality. Dalton slowed her pace somewhat in the early 90s, as she entered her fourth decade, and it's imagine think about four decades in the music business up to the 1990s. That's amazing. Uh, settling in Nevada, she continued to record and perform. 1999, she established Let Em Ride Foundation. We're going to find out about that tonight. An organization devoted to helping save wild horses. So welcome, uh, please, everyone, Amelia. Mm -hmm. Just again, uh, this was your idea, and so uh, Lacey <laughs> J. Dalton, welcome to the show. Absolutely. Officially, welcome. officially welcome to the show. Welcome. Is she show. frozen there? Who? Lacey? Uh, I'm not sure. I think Lacey's frozen. I uh -oh. think she's too. Something happened. Uh oh. Oh. Yeah, because she said something about her camera or something wasn't working very well or oh. something. Well, we have Sylvia here, but Sylvia Hutton, known professionally by her first name, Sylvia, mm -hmm. is an American country music singer and songwriter. Uh-oh, uh -oh. we lost her. I bet she's going to log back on. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, her biggest hit was a single, Nobody, yes. 1982. Her country hits include Drifter, Fallen in Love, Tumbleweed, and Snapshot. She was named Female Vocalist of the Year by the Academy of Country Music in 1982. She is also credited with making the first concept music video album to air on country music. 
with the Matador. Matador. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So welcome back. And uh, well, Lacey, I'm sure Lacey <laughs> realizes, oh, I better get the hell out of here. No. Like, where did she go? So, Sylvia, welcome. <laughs> and uh, thank you uh, for, for staying with us and not running away. Yeah. How did you get started? Because I, I, Amelia knows a lot more about you. And I want to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you, in earnest, get started singing? Something well, I, that you always wanted to do? Well, Amelia knows this. I know you probably know my whole bio. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. I do. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I grew up in Kokomo, Indiana, and there's mm-hmm. not much music business happening there, but I loved music music from such a very, very young age. Oh, there she is. Hey. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey there. There um, she is. So, right. uh, yeah, I just always loved to sing. I, I, it, it was so natural to me. It was like breathing, sleeping, eating, singing. I just did it all the time. And, uh, you know, as you grow up and you begin to wonder, I wonder how I would do this for a living. <laughs> My life, you know. And so I, I endeavored to move to Nashville after high school. I didn't want to, I had no interest in college. I, I knew that I I probably had a, a learning curve about the music industry itself. Yeah. So my, my goal was to get a job working at a publishing company or some kind of a music company where I could right. pay my bills and learn how the business worked. Because I, you know, I just kind of consider these people are going to be my peeps. They're going to mm-hmm. be my family, my music family. And right. that's really how it worked out. It took four and a half years to get an interest from RCA. And then things took off pretty quickly after that. Mm-hmm. It's hard to imagine you as an entertainer. You're so soft-spoken. You're not a crazy person like Lacey and myself. I just <laughs> I can be crazy. I can be crazy too. Oh, yeah. can't yeah, imagine how you stand in front of people. I'm, is is that a comfortable feeling for you? Are you comfortable in front of people? There are you, there are people. It's kind of a it is a learning curve for sure to be in front of a couple of two or three thousand people. Well, I love people, and I love people that take the time to come out and see you perform live. I mean, that's that's really think about what that takes for people to uproot their evening or their day and you know, buy yeah. the tickets and come out and come to the show. And I, I just love people, and I love singing, and I love storytelling. And so um, most of my music, right. all, almost all of it, is a story, and I'm just telling stories through music and and. It's a way to connect with people in a heartfelt mm-hmm. way. So I, I feel pretty comfortable on the stage, actually. When, and I get Good. a little nervous before I go on. But after that first or during that first song, I'm just, I'm there. Got to ask my friend Lacey J. Dalton. I said, you know, you're, you and I are both shy, unassuming people. And it's tough for us to, <laughs> to open up in front of people. When was the first time that you had a guitar in your hand and felt like it belonged there? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Did you oh, well, did freeze up again? Uh-oh. I think I scared this woman. Uh-oh. There she is. There she is. Oh, okay. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. I was going to yeah. said, I think I scared this woman. <laughs> you probably did. Uh-oh. Every time I talk to you, you freeze up. I'm, like, I'm getting the hell out of here, man. <laughs> so when when was the first time you you felt comfortable with a guitar in your hand and knew that it belonged there? Maybe never. Really? <laughs> oh, really? I, that's interesting. No, I suffer from really bad stage fright. I have really bad stage fright. I've always had it. And um, I tried a lot of things along the way that didn't work for stage fright. Well, I'll never forget. Um, there was a time when I would have a beer before I would go. That doesn't actually, if you have more than one, that probably isn't going to work. Then then my doctor gave me some blood pressure medicine, which I already have low blood pressure. So it put me into a kind of state of really relaxed and not very good performance. (laughs) I think what happened is (laughs) this particular body has a, uh, I'm like a, I've had horses like this. If you were taking them to a show, they would get so worked up. They would get so hyper before the show. They were great show horses. When they were yeah. showing, it was happening. But they were uh, they had to overcome it. And I finally realized that if I take a lot of calcium and magnesium, especially magnesium, 
before. So it took me years to get there to be able to do that. And I've always, I'm glad we're talking about this on this interview because there may be some of my friends out there who have suffered. I know Jennifer Warren says suffers so dreadfully from it that she really cannot mm -hmm. perform. And I just hope that this, the word gets around that really calcium and magnesium, but you really need to take a lot. You yeah. really need to take uh, quite a bit of it. But it actually does work for me. And as, if I do that, then I don't have that. Somehow that uh, super adrenaline thing, which uh, happens, goes, uh, it gets controllable. I had that experience early in life and, and I was, and I overcame it very quickly. Um, a veteran of the business, a dear friend of mine, in fact, I mentioned his name last night, Jackie Vernon, who was a, an old Jewish stand-up comedian back in the day. I knew Jackie, and uh, he said, listen, whenever you go on stage, just imagine everybody naked. You'll get over <laughs> it. And that's what he said. That's exactly how he said it, too. Jackie was very low-key and deadpan. <laughs> just imagine everybody funny. naked. I imagine the, the, the audience is naked. I get embarrassed and want to look away. Are you like this? If you that and a shot of Sambuca goes a long way, trust me. <laughs> I can't imagine you have ever been had stage mm -hmm. fright. But you actually hmm? even as mad dog? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my god, you kidding me? I was uh, terribly shy. Oh Lord. What is wrong? Let me tell you something. Girl, can we talk? Girlfriend, can we talk? I'm gonna tell you something. That I was painfully shy. You couldn't get me in front of people to save my life. In fact, I've been bribed a few times to do it. And it's like, no, 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 you keep your money, keep your whatever. I don't want to do it. But then, you know, Jackie, when you got a friend like Jackie Vernon, come on, it's, it's all gravy after that. You know? <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about growing up in Pennsylvania. You know, the, the queen of country music is from my neck of the woods. <laughs> so talk to me. I did grow up in Pennsylvania, and my dad was a guide on a hunting preserve and a, 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 and a war hero. He had spent a year and a half in a German prison camp, shot down over Belgium. My sister, I've been saying Germany for years. It was a German prison camp, but my sister just corrected me over Belgium. My mother um, was a waitress in the truck stop, and then she went to beauty school and had her a salon, a hair salon. And um, I grew up in a little town. It's a college town, actually. It's a very beautiful town along the Susquehanna River between the capital of Harrisburg and Wilkes-Barre. So it's right in the middle oh, well. of that, and it's called Bloomsburg, and there is a university there now. When yeah. I was there, it was Bloomsburg State Teachers College, and um, it was a beautiful place to grow up. It was very, the, I remember being able to go up in the mountains there as a kid, and you could still drink from the streams up way up in the mountains, you know, above where they had yeah. the cows. <laughs> below below the cows, you didn't want to drink the water. How does a, a shy young Jill from Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, grow up to be Lacey J. Dalton? Where did that come from? And who were you before Lacey J? My birth name was Jill Lynn Byram. And then I married John Croston, my first husband and the father of my son, Adam. And John uh, had a very bad accident uh, and died when my son, he was totally paralyzed from the neck down. And I really thought at that time, I, was, I found out I was pregnant uh, right about the same time. And I really thought, I just said to myself, well, I guess I'm not supposed to sing. You know, I'm supposed to do this. Well, that's what I did. I took care of him and my child and three years later he died from the complications of that and uh, yeah. later on um, I remarried later on in life um, when I was probably uh, probably 36 or 7 I married a man named uh, Aaron Anderson and I was married to him for uh, 16 years we lived together for four years before we got married and I lived with him so I was actually Jill Croston <laughs> Jill Lynn Anderson when I went to Nashville and for some reason, they didn't think that was going to work. Imagine that. I had a wonderful friend named Mary McFadden. She's been my friend since we were seven years old. We grew up together in Bloomsburg. And we wrote a song called Crazy Blue Eyes. And it happened to be, it was a different kind of a slant on for country music. It was a little bit different stance than 
women were taking just yet in country music. And so on the strength of that song, I was signed as an outlaw artist, which uh, kind of uh, led my producer. I think it was the reason that my producer, Billy Sherrill, said, you can't be Jill and Lynn Anderson. You cannot be this person. You can be Jill, but you need a name that sounds like an outlaw. And, so, and I couldn't find anything that worked with Jill, so I became Lacey. J is for Jill, for the people who've known me for 30 years. Uh, and I was ancient when they signed me. I mean, they were horrified. I mean, I was 33 years old and I had this record deal. And I remember reading in the New York Times, you know, what is this? You know, they're signing her. She's ancient. She's 33 years old. You know, it's like, you know, I wish they'd see me now. You know, imagine that an old maid at 33. Are you kidding me? What's that? An old maid at 33, it's craziness. I don't understand that. It was really crazy, but, you know, that was that was how it was. I, there was, I well, was I'll was tell like, you what, I'm going to take a look at something here. Uh, one of the, the things that we do here on the show uh -huh. is called Show and Tell, and we're going to take a look at Lacey Jindal. Dear, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm going to be afraid. <laughs> yep. We are oh, gonna, no. <laughs> wow, we got a full chat room tonight. Amelia, where did you find these pictures? That's what I want. I, I, I'm, if you do it, um, to blame it's him. <laughs> Check this out. Yes. <laughs> now, you want to look at this here and tell me that you're you're in your thirties in this photo? Well, they had retouching back then too. <laughs> oh, she's gonna be twenty-two Amazing, years okay. old. <laughs> You look terrific. Let's just She's be like honest. Twenty-two years old, right there. Well, I'm probably. I think. I think they did a lot of retouching. You know. Uh, I think one of the most difficult things for me. I don't know. I don't think Sylvia had this problem. She was always just very, very beautiful. But I had a problem with uh, trying to look the part of uh, being a star. Um, well, I'll tell you what, you're doing a pretty damn good job in this photo here. <laughs> well, like I, said, I love that picture. I, I do. I just, I'll never, take straight up. I've never seen it. that. I've never seen that picture. It's a it's really pretty flattering picture. You know, it's funny because uh, Leslie asked me, you know, Leslie Adams, of course, you're my fabulous you're, manager. Yeah. I have the best manager in the whole world. I really yeah, do. She, she, um, she is truly great. She she saw a photo that I used in, in part of our promotion for the show and wanted to know where I got it. And quite frankly, I just I pulled it up off the Internet. There are, you know, tens of thousands of photos of you. I know. And at most of them, I look like an Idaho potato. I think I looked like my father looked like. This, this picture, I want to ask you about the uh, Blue-Eyed Blues. You've been compared to the um, the kind of the country Bonnie Raitt, and that's uh, not a bad kind of comparison. Because um, I love Bonnie Raitt, and I'm just crazy about you, lady. Um, talk to me about your style, your influences, and the people who motivated you to sing. Well, I broke my father's heart because Sylvia, unlike you, I grew up in a country music family. My dad and mother and sister all played country music. And when I came of age and started playing my own music, I started listening to all kinds of other music. I fell in love with Bob Dylan and Joan Baez and Janis Joplin and Jefferson Airplane. And I just absolutely broke my, my father's favorite song was Give Me 40 Acres and I'll Turn This Rig Around. Yeah, that was his thing. Yeah. And I couldn't believe that. Uh, he said, why do you like all these songs with these minor chords in them? They're so sad. I said, I don't know, Dad. It's just what I love. And so I did a lot of different kinds of music before I got the record deal in um, yeah. 79. I, I actually ran off to California with a rock and roll guitar player and uh, became, we had a band called Office, which was a psychedelic rock and roll band, and I lived in a commune. Which hard way, to imagine. I don't hard for me that. to imagine that. Really, really. I probably look pretty cleaned up now. <laughs> well, I mean, you clean up pretty damn good. <laughs> it's fake. Talk to me about uh, uh, this, this album, Taking It Easy. 
there's the, the album taking it easy but there's oh, a story behind that tell me the story well that thing is having its 40th anniversary right now and, and uh mm. taking it easy was a song that I, uh mark Sherrill and i were out in his boat on uh henderson lake henderson right and he was he all mark ever wanted to do was have uh, uh fishing boats to rent and live in florida and have a bait shop and fishing boats and he started writing this song and it, he goes i want to go where the warm winds blow me and we had been writing together we wrote a lot of songs together and so we started writing that song and we got a, quite a bit of it done we took it in to show it to mark's cousin billy Sherrill, who is was probably at that time the greatest producer in nashville and certainly one of the greatest ones who ever was um he discovered George Jones and Tammy Wynette and did Charlie Rich and was Ray Charles producer almost to the end of his life. But he also produced Outlaws, which was, right. I'll never forget going into, which is why I was glad I was with him because he kind of understood that he didn't want me to do that music. He yeah. wanted me to sing pop music. And so I wrote songs, uh, even Taking It Easy might've been one of those songs, the one we wrote with uh, Mark, Cheryl, which it was his idea, was more of a pop song. You know, I want to go where the warm winds blow me. Um, my kind of thing is hard luck ace. You know, <laughs> it's rougher than you know, that. But Bridget, Billy, sister. Bridget. <laughs> well, Billy had us. Billy had us writing pop music, and I wrote some pop songs and had Millionaire play songs. And I wrote a song. Janie Fricky was so kind to me when I went to Nashville. And she used to sing backup for me when she was a much bigger star. And it was really kind of her to do that. And I wrote a song for her called Losing Kind of Love. Now, Janie has a range that's about twice as big as mine. <laughs> and this song had this range of losing kind of love. And so it's a big pop song. And uh, she had just had a song called It Ain't Easy Being Easy. So I wrote a song called right. The Losing Kind of Love inside of me. And it was a millionaire play song. And it's my sister's favorite song. Janie probably thought, if it's such a good song, why aren't you singing it? Mm -hmm. So I had to sing it. I had to record the stupid thing. And um, it became, <laughs> uh, it became <laughs> but I always wish that Janie would have done it because it was actually written for her voice. But We're uh, looking at uh, you receiving a platinum album. Can you tell everybody what the story behind this platinum album is? Oh, I tell you, Antonio, this is a, I, I'm really thrilled with this. I think it was a, 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 a huge um, moment in my career. Um, there were so many incredible people on Willie Nelson's Half Nelson um, uh, recording that uh, went platinum. And mm -hmm. just recently, I was fortunate to be the, uh, the only woman on this uh, collection of people with some of the most amazing, uh, Julio Iglesias and and uh, oh, Carlos Santana and uh, Leon Russell and I mean Ray Charles, everybody was on this on this CD, and they recently presented me with a platinum uh, uh, record for a song that Willie and I did on the album called "Slow Moving Outlaw," which is about how you know the trains are you know it goes uh, all the old stations are being torn down and the high yeah. trains no longer roll and it talks about it says you know about our country it's not that i blame them for taking mm -hmm. her i just wish that they'd taken her slow because yeah. where slow moving once quick draw outlaw got to go yeah you know um lacy i spent 15 years in tennessee and uh, admittedly, I'm not a huge country music fan, but I did uh, very much enjoy the Grand Old Opera and been there several times. Why is it, and here's the question I've got for you. Why is it that the men of country music can get away with far much more than the ladies of country music? Um, there was a, I forget the young lady's name, but a few years ago, um, uh, there was a, a young woman in country kind of made a little bit of headlines for being a bad girl. Um, what is it about uh, the women that they're expected to be um, proper and polite and they can't, you know, um, they can't stir the boat, you know, or rock the boat, as they say. I had to clean that one up. I was going to stay stir the ship, but I don't want to say that. <laughs> 
Well, you know, I... You get what I'm saying? Why, why is it that there's a double standard for the men and the women in the country? Because there is in the whole world. The whole world is like that. Look at these new things that are happening politically that are, you know, trying to keep women pregnant and barefoot in the kitchen again. I'm sorry. You know, right. I, I just have to say, I really, um, I really think that women need to be we need to say what we need to say and we need to yeah. be good partners and equal mm -hmm. partners to men and that's just not happening almost anywhere in the world it's yeah. always sort of been this way but i think that the more that we begin to realize that women have such a a wonderful different viewpoint sometimes than men not always but i think we have an equal thing to offer and yet we've always i just wrote a song called the devil by a different name and it's the last verse goes, I'm a woman, I'm strong, but mm -hmm. I've been told that I am less than for so long. Eve ate an apple. They say we're to blame. That's just yeah. the devil by a different name, boys, the devil by a different name. We were right. meant to be, we were meant to be the other. We're meant to be two halves of a whole. And I yeah. think, uh, you know, I don't know how you feel about that, Sylvia, but I, I didn't really notice there was a lot of prejudice in my career because I've always been outspoken. So if I have something to say, I will say it. And and I have to believe that I don't always have to agree with another person sure. to care about the person or to care about what they're mm -hmm. saying. I, there are people who have totally opposite views from me. Oh, absolutely. Lacey, I do agree with you that, you know, it, it's all in the culture and it's not just in America. It's all over the world. Uh, you know, yeah. women are trying to find how to be, uh, you know, in our power, in our voices as, as human beings. And, uh, you know, I remember one time uh, when I was still working on Music Row as a secretary receptionist, I looked at Billboard magazine and I, I was struck by in the top 100 singles in country music, there were three women out of, and 97 men on the chart <laughs> that week. That, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. it's exactly yeah, that's what, I'm what talking we're talking about. about. So, you know, I'm, I'm really glad to see that, you know, women are finding their voices and, and it's a painful time, you know, because, you know, people get scrutinized for speaking their truth. And, uh, but, you know, that's, that's how change happens. And I, I appreciate that you have always been very outspoken, Lacey. That's inspired me. Well, I think, I think we all have been. You know, especially the women in country music, a lot of the women in country music are outspoken now. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they, a lot of them have suffered for it. A lot of them have really had their careers impacted by it. And um, it's, it's at a point sometimes you have to say, um, yes, this career is very important to me. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. But it, I'm not going to allow it to change me so much that I don't know who I am anymore. Exactly. I, you know, you, you just have to, what did someone say? You have to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. And I think, you know, I'm, and I think, uh, your co-anchor, Amelia, has a lot to do. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think she's Speaking of Amelia. Why don't you jump in there, Amelia? Okay. Yeah, and I think it's very important because now people, you know, as we've noticed pretty much when we were growing up, we had male principals, and now it's pretty much female principals. And Sylvia now has her own record label. And I applaud you for that, you know, that you are able to do your own music now. And uh, yeah, I know that you've been wanting to do that for a very long time, break away from, you know, all the record labels too. That way you could do your own music and actually uh, write your own music because i know that you've been wanting to do that for a very long time as well and yes. i know that you've had a few right correct that you've been wanting to do I, i've been recording on my own label which just means i put mm -hmm. out my own records you know, i don't yeah. have any other artists on the label it's just just me but mm -hmm. i remember when i you know was no longer with rca and i was trying to uh, a few, two or three years later, trying to get interest in another major label, maybe picking me up. And Lacey, just like you, it's like I was uh, in my mid to late 30s at that point, and it's like, you're too old. You're, too, you know, like, hey, you know, you've already had your career. Why don't you just go home and, you know, just something else? You know, it was really, 
you know, somebody patting you on the head and telling you to go home <laughs> you've already had your time in the light, you know. And it's like, but I'm not finished singing. I'm not finished writing. I'm not finished. I have things to express through music. And um, so I just said, well, I'm, what, what am I doing? Why am I asking people permission to make music? I'll just make music myself, <laughs> you know. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not easy. And I, I think people probably know that being independent artists, it's not an easy thing because you're wearing lots of hats and everything that gets paid for, you're paying for out of your own pocket. So um, it's it's not easy, but it, it's also, you have a lot of freedom and that's wonderful. And I love that mm -hmm. I make a record and record the songs and write the songs that I want to write and say what I want to yeah. say. And yes, I don't reach as many people as I used to, but you know, that's the price you pay, I guess, at this point in time in history. Sylvia, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question for you. I've got a question for you. How political was the music scene when you were getting involved? Oh, very political. Yeah. I mean, it was it was very male dominated. And, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, I, you know, got signed, I think, on my merits as a, as a singer, which I feel really good about. I auditioned for David Sugar, this group, uh, one of the girls had left the group and uh, I didn't get the part, but um, RCA heard me, uh, Jerry Bradley at RCA and Charlie Pride heard me sing during right. those auditions. And so they became interested in hearing anything I might record and a couple, you know, year and a half later, we took some songs to them and, and they liked what they heard and signed me. So, you know, from that standpoint, I guess it wasn't political necessarily, but, um, but you know, it's. It, I was told by a record executive because uh, I was asking, you know, to be, uh, you know, teamed up with other RCA artists at the time that were, and we were all having success. And basically, was told, you know, female singers are always going to be the. They're going to be the openers. They don't put butts in the seats. I mean, literally, that's what I was told that right to my face. And I said, you know, it's going to be the truth as long as you believe it. You know, if you change what you believe, you're going to change that. And, you know, a lot of singers came along after that. A lot of female singers that <laughs> put butts in the seats. I mean, you know, it was, it was just a different mentality then. You know, it was, it, I, I'm not, you know, bitter or, or upset about any of that. It's just, just interesting to uh, perceive or get a, you know, perspective from this point in time in my career and look back and say, yeah, there was, there's a lot of old belief systems that need to be swept away and we need to open our minds right. to things differently. Yeah. Lacey, when you were um, starting out in this particular around the Nashville area, did you run into the, um, you know, the smooth talking, you know, slick promoters that the career kid, I'll make you a star. You know, all you have to do is uh, take care of business for me. I think Sylvia and I have probably heard, you don't, cannot believe the green slime of the music business. There I is, it. It, is, it is fathoms deep. And it is, uh, I, people will tell you anything. I, it, is, it is really a, quite, quite a, a, a business. I, I do not particularly like the business of music. I've had to do it because... If you, uh, you know, if you want to live, if you mm -hmm. want to eat, if you want to raise your children, if you want to keep making music, sure. you, you deal with what you have to deal with. But it is, there are so many people who are, they prey on artists. They're yeah. like lampreys, that, that eat the eels that get on sharks. And pretty soon the poor shark has 50 million lampreys on it. I remember one time when I was giving 15% to uh, a, uh, a manager, 10% to a business manager, 15 to 20% to an agent. And hey. I don't know how much money, the, the, yeah, I still don't know what happens to money with a record company. It just, you know, I don't know. I've uh, The only Did way I've ever made it. <laughs> Not shit. very much. You know, I, I was going to say, man, that's crazy. The biggest song I ever had, the biggest song I ever wrote, it's called Everybody Makes Mistakes. And I wrote mm -hmm. it with people. I make absolutely nothing from that song. I have never gotten a single penny from it because that's remarkable. I want people to listen to what you just said. Okay, well, I want them to really comprehend what you just said. That well, you had I, a a hit song and made shit from it. 
well, I, it was a, a guy from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, actually, with the radio station there. I was out doing an interview with him. He said, well, you know, the biggest, the biggest song you've ever had that ever got the most play in the United States was Everybody Makes Mistakes. I said, what? He said, yeah. He said, that's the, that's the most played song you have in the United States. Incredible. It's right here in BMI. They, they, I, looked, I looked it up, and I thought, and I have never made Penny One. I, it says I'm a writer. That's a nice thing. <laughs> So you're credited as a writer, you know, but what about uh, the Writers Guild? I mean, you get something, do you get any kind nothing, of residual? Nothing, nothing, nothing. I just remember, I know that uh, that, really? would never That's have, remarkable. that would never have been Billy Sherrill's thing. I remember we were quoting the song at the time. I didn't think Billy would like the song because it wasn't very like what was happening in Nashville at all at the time. But I was sitting out in the front office playing the song, and he mm -hmm. said, well, what is that you're playing? I said, oh, it's a thing I've just written you know, I was out in California and I was, you know, this is, and he said, well, show it to me. So he showed it to me and um, we finished it up that day and went in the studio almost immediately and cut it. And um, uh, I have never, the, well, I remember when they brought the paperwork in, we were yeah. in the middle of cutting the song and the young Turks from the publishing company came in. I'm sure that Billy would never have allowed this to happen to me. Never. Remarkable. Never have allowed it. He had plenty of money and more money he could ever use. Yeah. But uh, it's just, it, it's astounding to think that, you know, back in 1956 and um, when, uh, when May, uh, May Hoyt Axton um, wrote Love Me Tender, they put Elvis Presley's name on as a co writer. They said, here's the idea behind it was if the song bombs, at least you'll get writing credit. You know, you'll get writer money for it. But it, and now you think about today, when most art, a lot of, I don't want to say most artists, a lot of artists are self-represented and self, pretty much self-employed, self-published. Um, well, we kind of have to. <laughs> you know, yeah, kinda, and if you haven't they, been, they, you have become the biggest thing in show business, uh -huh. after a while, you've got to do it yourself. Well, <laughs> think about why you have to now. It's, it's craziness. It's crazy. It's freedom. It's It's freedom. You spend your entire life touring, you know, and every city is another dollar. And but there's also an expense. You got to travel. You got to pay your band. You got to eat. You got to sleep. People don't think about that. They just think, oh, well, Lacey made you know made fifteen thousand, twenty thousand dollars, you know, for four songs. Okay, well, it's probably a drop in the bucket, but. <laughs> point i'm trying to make is mm -hmm. you know what it cost you to make that 20 grand mm -hmm. it probably exactly. cost you 15 to make the 20. it's the point i'm trying to make amelia yes. questions for lacy jay dalton and sylvia uh, yes uh, i had a question also for sylvia because uh, she has a new album coming up called nature's child what inspired uh, that album i want a copy i'm so glad you brought that right here yes. <laughs> yes. it came out uh it came out february 22nd that's two, two. So it was two, 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 kind of put it aside thinking well, I'm going to get to it and record it, you know, but uh, life kind of had other plans for me. And now was the time to do it. I, I really see that now was really the time to put out nature child. It's, it's uh, very uplifting and positive. Hopeful. Well, yes, really I love it. Encouraging all of us to uh, let the child inside of us, you know, come out and play and create and, and, and dream and imagine the kind of life we do want to live because we can create it. You know, I think we, we get into a mindset sometimes that, that we think, you know, when everything out there gets all straightened out, then I'll be able to do what I do. But I think we've got to find the wherewithal within ourselves and bring that out into this world. And that that's what, that's what creates change. So that this, this, uh, this record is, is really the best, the best work I think I've done to date. And I'm, I'm really excited about people. Sylvia, do you enjoy writing? 
I love it. I love it. What's, yeah. what's the, for you, what's the best part of writing? Is it a, a catharsis for you? Is it like therapy? Mm-hmm. Your, where does your head go when you're writing? When I'm when I'm writing, especially with this record, I I had I had a theme. I, I was really inspired by all these little kids that would come to my shows in the '80s. And I, when I got off the road toward the end of the '80s, and I looked back and I realized one of the high points was all these little kids that would come to the shows. And I felt like, boy, I wish I had had music that said what I would really want to be saying to a child. And uh, but as I, you know, through the years, I realized this music isn't just for children. It's really it's it's for the child inside all of us. It's it's about allowing ourselves, giving ourselves permission to go in and dream and create because, you know, I, I don't know if most of you know this, but I've, for the last 20 plus years, I've worked as a life and career coach. I went to California and got my certification as a coach. And I have been doing this work and, and I'm constantly in conversations with people about what their gifts are and how- Sylvia, you want to hear something scary, honey? What? Are you ready for this? I'm a certified life coach here in New Jersey. Lacey, Lacey, what are you laughing for? Lacey J. Dalton is laughing at me. It's the truth. I'm licensed and credentialed as a life coach. I swear, I swear to you, I can't make this shit up. <laughs> I am. The artwork on that album is amazing. It's beautiful. Oh well, thank you. Thank it's you. so beautiful. Well, and that's who did that, by the way. If you don't mind me asking, did what? Who did the artwork, if you don't mind me asking? I did. My, you my, did? John, oh, did you? my friend John Mock and I did. We, oh, we that's gorgeous. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, She's an artist. It, it's very kind of like medieval mm-hmm. looking, almost well, like you, a, you um, know she draws, right? She's, a, she's an artist. Well, we, an artist. We, we wanted to uh, make it feel kind of like a storybook. Mm-hmm. And, uh, gotcha. And, and so there, you know, each of these songs is a story that I'm calling this a concept album because mm-hmm. it really does take you on a journey. I want to promote Lacey's new album, Biker Chick mm-hmm. from Hell. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. And you have a real, uh, the song My Best Friend Lacey, on there reminds you, me of my friend. One? My Best Friend? I, did, yes. Lacey, did you hear that one? I love that song. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we, we, you we, hear, no, I, said going, I said I'm going to promote Lacey J's new album, Biker Chick from Hell. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell him to do that. I swear that's his. That's on his own. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I'm the comic relief around here. Yeah. So I will tell you what we have. Um, we have another show and tell to get to. Uh-oh. We did Lacey J. Dalton show and tell. Sylvia, it's your turn, kiddo. Again, he did this and on his own, Sylvia. I have J. Dalton after this. <laughs> so talk to me about this. We're um. You must have been about 12 when this picture was taken. I was in my 20s. You're in your 20s. Some award show. And I remember that dress. It was maybe the some award now, show. Now, this is clearly in, in the beginning of your career, right? You're you're trying to make a name for yourself here? Well, I'd already had nobody by then because my I think hair it was, was during Snapshot, right? Pardon? During the Snapshot album, I think it was when you did Snapshot. Well, yeah, it could have been during that time. This is, of course, the Drifter. Drifter record. was, uh, yeah, because Amelia told me a little bit about Drifter. This was the second album. No, this was the, the first third, album. The first, first album. one. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this gotcha. was my first number one record. Mm-hmm. Terrific. Uh, and I, the single right before this was Tumbleweed, and it went into mm-hmm. the top ten. And then uh, after the Drifter was, I believe we have it right here. There we go. Hot then. Not the, That's the album cover. Yeah, the, the other one's the sleeve of the single. Yeah. Okay, Amelia, yeah. walk us through this. This one? Oh yeah, yeah. that one should have. That was supposed to be. I uh, think it was going to be greatest hits album, but it turned out to be a different album after all. Well, it really actually ended up being the greatest hits cover. Mm-hmm. But there was another record that I did that got shelved that never mm-hmm. did get released on RCA called Knockin' mm-hmm. Around. Mm-hmm. This is the surprise album. This was in 1984. And you were signed to RCA at the time? Yes. How long were you with RCA? That's the album I listened to today. <laughs> How long were you signed to RCA, Sylvia? For eight years. Okay. Gotcha. I was signed actually the same time you, uh, Lacey, 
I, I signed in 79, the fall of 1979. I've got to ask you about this. What, explain this. Uh, Amelia and I didn't talk about this one, and I deliberately so. Well, this um, the Sylvia, the real story. What's this all about? Well, this was my first independent release on okay. my label. And I, I, I co-wrote several of the songs on the on the album. But I, yeah, I wasn't sure if this was the music or whether it was a, like a documentary film. No, okay. this, is a, this is a music album. Yeah. yeah. Okay, terrific. Yeah. And... Uh, that was oh, I wanted to ask you this. My understanding is this was a, a bit controversial for you. There were, they tell me that there were um, groups from uh, the, uh, what's that, PETA, the uh, people for the ethical treatment of animals <laughs> protested you wearing this fur? I don't remember that. No. Yeah, actually, you can, but I would protest it now. <laughs> I was going to say, but there are actually photos of you on the internet being protested with this no. coat on. No. Not can't really. make this shit up, honestly. I But anyway, no, I, I, uh, I would not wear fur today. No, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you. No, I, I, and, I, I, I have w awakened since then a bit. <laughs> yeah. Terrific. Now, uh, we Lacey didn't, J, we didn't know that. I have <laughs> a surprise for Lacey J. Dalton, but before I do that. I have to do a word from our sponsor, so oh, um, no. I'm going to, Amelia, <laughs> Lacey, and Sylvia, I'm going to just give you a heads up. You might want to cover your ears. There you go. Do you have sweaty balls or volleyball netty balls? It's time to make them ready balls. TheManscape.com Lawnmower 3.0 will do the job and clean your knob with its patented no-nick head so your head will function as desired. Enter promo code WRESTLINGFUTURE for a generous 20% discount. That's enter WRESTLINGFUTURE for a 20% discount. Manscaped.com and Wrestling with the Future going balls to the walls with Manscaped.com and the Lawnmower 3.0 your balls will thank you. And so will we. <laughs> That's how we pay the bills around here. That's how we pay the bills around here. <laughs> I had no oh, control shit. of that one. Sorry. Lacey J. Dawn, there is a gentleman in our chat room tonight. His name is Stephen Plim. Oh, for remember? Thanks. I do yeah. remember. How is Stephen? Uh, he's going to call you right now. Stephen, give Lacey a call. Gentleman callers. He's going to give you a, a call. He may call into the show or he may just call my phone. Uh, Steve is a real, <laughs> is a very dear friend of mine. Um, in fact, I was going to put the picture of him. Way, by the way. <laughs> Say again. I'm sorry, funny. you froze up for half a second. What happened? Just a good segue, by the way. Oh, thank you, <laughs> Stephen. If you're there, call in, please. Yes, call the number. Hi, Steve. Okay, we're going to do this old school. Go ahead, Steve. Oh, I can just barely hear you, Steve. How are you doing? Nice to hear your voice. I can. Yeah. Is this good? Go ahead, Steve. Yes, sir. Lacey, I'm watching the show. I can't. Uh -huh. I just had to turn in. I mean, uh, Angelo, you know, is one of the greatest guys in the world to interview. He's a cross between Johnny Carson and Wolfman Jack, and I had to hear him talk to you. Well, I'm enjoying him immensely. I yeah, this is this he's my kind of guy. Well, me I love I this woman, Stephen. I'm going to run away. I'm moving to Nevada tomorrow. Um, <laughs> you have you have a Harley though. Lacey, Lacey when I yeah. when I heard that he was having you on his show, I called him and I said, Let me tell you something. There's one word that describes Lacey J. Dalton. It's just one word. It's called class. I said, I was with her in Reno, Nevada. Remember we spent a day doing that pilot? Yes. 
Yes. And it, you're just delightful, lovely, and whatever vitamins you're taking to keep you look 25, please send me some, please. <laughs> you hey, know she's what? a bomb diggity or what? I'm telling you what, man. Well, Thank you, but I, I do. I tell you what, I uh, I could have a vitamin shop. I believe in supplements. I have absolutely. A, no, I really do. I believe in supplements. If you have uh, purebred animals and you're breeding uh, uh, fine Arab horses or uh, you know really great. Yeah, Mr. Plim takes uh, liquid supplements. What we need from yeah. um, the American diet, trust me, it is not. Well, the, they often ask the me, thing. "What do you take with your vodka?" I said. <laughs> this makes it work better okay that's that's all right for those of you who don't know Stephen plim the gentleman on the phone right now we're doing this old school style by the way steve plim is the former um manager and agent uh, and a lifelong friend of the legendary tiny tim uh he has also represented adam west uh jerry mathers i got doe fraser jake lamada a bunch of folks. You know what? I love it. I love when you do that because it's name dropping. You know, the old saying. I think you said it to me one time. I've been with the greats, the kind of greats, and the ingrates. <laughs> the kind of greats. <laughs> well, Stephen, thank you for calling. We're gonna, we're gonna. I'm gonna hang up and we're gonna talk about you. All right. Be well, Steve. Thanks for calling in. Lacey says thanks for calling in, brother. He said, you're beautiful, he loves you, and it was, he's proud that I met you that day. Stephen, I'll call you after the show, baby. You got it. <laughs> Stephen Plin. He is, uh, Stephen is a character. He's the last of the old school. He really, really is. He's the guy who says, he still says, let's do lunch. Uh, who loves you, baby? Uh, my people will call your people. That's Stephen. That's not a put on. That's just the way Steve rolls. Old guard. Character. I love Steve Plim. He's a, he's a unique breed. So, uh, Lacey J. Dalton, um, let's talk about the future of country music. Where is it going? Where is it headed? I, I'm not liking what I'm hearing. There seems to be... Um, I understand music has to evolve, but there seems to be almost... Not an evolution of country, but an eroding of country music. Um, I'm hearing a lot of rock in country music. And not southern rock or classic rock. It's just, you know, country music, rock and roll. I, I, I don't know what you want to call it. It's, I'm not liking what I'm hearing, you know. I like old school. Hank Williams, um... Uh, little Jimmy Dickens, Bill Anderson. I love that kind of stuff. The you know traditional and country. Sylvia and Lacey J. Dalton. Don't forget to mention them too. Yeah, but you know you know where I'm going with this, <laughs> See? Amelia. Yes, yeah, of course. So you know, where's the, where's it going, Lacey? Mm -hmm. I it seems to me that the new country music is going very pop. Yes, it is. Very, very pop, and that there's a place for that. There's a place for all music. There's all kinds of music in the world, and there will be traditionalists. There will be people who will, you know, it's a, it's almost like a pendulum swings, um, swings to the right, and it swings to the left, and it swings mm -hmm. to the left. I just hope someday we get somewhere in the middle. Uh, there is mm -hmm. certainly a place. I've been listening to traditional country music lately on my local radio station. And um, I have to admit that for many years, I did not listen to uh, country music. It, uh, I like all kinds of music. And I, but I've been really appreciating uh, some of the um, T. Graham Brown. I, I did a cruise, a country music cruise recently. And T. Graham Brown uh, sang a song that was so moving. Uh, and I had not heard him sing it live. It was a song called... Um, Help me turn the, the the wine back into water. Mm -hmm. His uh, yeah. a, 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 a challenge with alcohol. Yeah, yeah. And when totally. you hear somebody like Chris Christopherson sing "Why Me, Lord," now everybody in the world has sung mm -hmm. "Why Me, Lord." 
you know, uh, yeah. Ray Charles did it, George Jones did it, Merle Haggard did it. Everybody has done that song, but sure. nobody Elvis. ever mm -hmm. told it like Christofferson did because it was so real to him. That song that he wrote was so utterly believable. You know, I love these songwriters and I love to hear them sing their own songs. And I can't wait, Sylvia, to hear some of the songs that you've written on your new project. I really am interested. I love songwriters are the most beautiful souls. A lot of them never get any. Uh, uh, I was I was with um, uh, uh, Tony Hazelden who wrote uh, You Know Me Better Than That for George Jones. And Tony George told Strait. me, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, George Strait. And uh, he said, you know, I've never met George Strait. And, uh, and oftentimes I think, you know, it's amazing that some of these incredible songwriters never get to even meet the people who've made their, their music so popular. And I am so interested in, in these uh, songwriters because the stories behind the way the reasons that they write these songs for instance sylvia's got songs about her inner child or are all of our inner children who were probably are lucky to be exist you know i remember hiding under my desk but i was a kid the threat of the atom bomb <laughs> you know get under your desk they're gonna bomb us mm -hmm. yeah but then what kids are dealing with today but i think that these experiences that we have in life when they are distilled into a, into a song for everyone to enjoy. The stories Absolutely. behind that are... are mm -hmm. Yeah, Lacey, are you, you're frozen up a little bit. I don't know. Oh, there you go. You're, you're frozen there up. You just, are. Just here. There you are. Um, we have people in the chat room... You can tell me that in bed all the time. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. We have people in the chat room that would love to ask you guys some questions. Um, mm -hmm. Patricia Brewer says, hopefully you'll come back to Canada again. Uh, said Dane's picnic hasn't been the same since you were there last, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so the, obviously that's that struck a chord with you. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, Patricia, if you're uh, you're still with us in the chat room, ask a question and go ahead, fire away for Lisa J. In the meantime, uh, Rose Marchetti is here and she says, What you're hearing is very bad pop music. Listen to Americana. Oh, and that's so good. I love Americana. I love it. It's um okay. Oh, oh, sorry there, Leslie. Thank you. Leslie Adams is chiming in here. So, Leslie wants me to let you go, Lacey. Oh, <laughs> what an hour! Oh, I told him an hour now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is she next to you? She's close. Is <laughs> she, she close? <laughs> Leslie, <laughs> I love you, babe. You're on my Christmas list. Give me five more minutes, with Lacey. <laughs> All right, of course. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it is. It's really lovely to be here right. with you today. I, yes. I really appreciate this. Is, it's been a nice conversation, and I didn't know, Silly, that you had a new record, and mm -hmm. I'm very interested to hear what you've written. I well, thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm interested to hear your latest music too, because uh, a couple of years yeah. ago um, there was a thing on the line called Spirit Awards, and your record. One of your records won, and I listened to several songs from that record, and it just blew me away. Um, so you're making some great music, and I, I, I'll be happy to share my record with you. I know I was uh, sharing uh, your music when I was a kid, <laughs> Sylvia. I used to pretend to have your concerts when I was a kid. <laughs> I used to sell tickets to my friends and say, "Here, you can." Um, I'm gonna oh. be Sylvia singing. Sylvia, here, here's a ticket. Here's a ticket, and it was so much fun. And then. And then my dad, I was grounded one time, and he said, hurry up, turn on the radio. I said, but I'm grounded. He goes, it's okay. Sylvia's singing at, at uh, Gillies. You can sing. You, you can hear it. It's okay. Your mom's not here. I'm like, okay, hurry up. When is she going to be back? Can you tell me? All right. Amelia, so, hang in there, kid. I have, I have to say goodbye to Lacey. Lacey oh, okay. J. Norton, I love you, kiddo. You're an amazing woman. Got to have you back again. Yes. Um, I'm going to try to, to, to butter up Leslie next time. Bribe <laughs> her with some candy I'll do my or best too. flowers or some, something like that. So, Mad Dog, you, are, you truly are a really, you really are a lunatic. It's really fun to talk to you. 
<laughs> That's the first time I've ever heard that one. I like Absolutely. that one. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, I'll cut you your own, you know, Manscaped style commercial if you need to. Oh, I'm telling you what, the Manscaped commercial, that was the, that was the high point for me. I was. Uh, <laughs> I wrote that stuff, too. <laughs> I wrote it. I wrote it. I produced it and I performed it. Does Absolutely. it exist? Is it a real thing? I, wait, I'm not just a commercial spokesman. I'm also a client. I use this stuff. <laughs> so it's exactly. I mean, you can get this for your girlfriend, right? I mean, I have to be true to my audience, you know? They want to know am I silky smooth? I am silky smooth. I am the mad dog. It is so good to know this. It is so good to know this. We, you know, I, I have more respect now. Thank you, sir. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Amelia, let's say goodbye to Lacey J. Don't yes. she has been absolutely thank you so much, young lady. I will have you back, yes. and I'm gonna uh, hit up Leslie, uh, and uh, maybe yeah, she'll actually answer the my phone. dog. You're the best, thank, yes. thank you, sweetheart. Take thank care, you. Lacey J. Don everyone. Thank bye -bye. you. Thank Oh, I'm man. gonna have to go too. She probably thinks oh. I'm a kook. Yeah, gonna have to run pretty. So quick. we got, we have um, Sylvia probably for another fifteen minutes. Ooh, I don't <laughs> think it's just a few more minutes. But so we, uh, we're we another seven Kate minutes. Asked. You got oh. another seven minutes. <laughs> oh, are we pushing it? Okay. Uh oh. Yeah. Okay. Where's okay. Kate at? Your little I'm baby. Saying, Amelia, since uh, I'm gonna, here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm going to do. I uh -huh. am going to bring Sylvia front and yes. center here. There she and is. I'm going to let you sign off with Sylvia. Okay. Go ahead. For you. Uh, okay. I was just going to say thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure. And uh, we would love to see if you could come back again and uh, really uh, promote your next project. If you would like to, uh, please let us know where you're going to, we can find you next. Where's your touring? Well, I'm I'm going to be in Crossville, Tennessee, on the 21st of this month, May, and uh, mm -hmm. at the Palace Theater there. And I hope people will get tickets and come out. You can get those online at the Palace Theater. I and used to uh, live in Crossville, and I know the Palace Theater. Yeah, well, cool. Well, we're playing there everything. a week Small from world. Save me a seat. <laughs> okay, come on down. Come on down. We'd love to have you there. Honestly, it was a, a thrill to have you here. I want yes. you to promote the heck out of yourself yes. the next six minutes. Go for it. Yes, the album. Where can we get your album? And Yeah, anything? let me tell you about that. Well, this album is, you can get all the information you need right on my website, which is sylviamusic.com. S-Y-L, you, you see it right there, sylviamusic.com. And you can stream it on Spotify or, you know, any any of the uh, Pandora uh, Apple Music, Amazon. I mean, you can listen to it anywhere. So if you, even if you don't buy CDs anymore, a lot of people don't. A lot of people can't don't have CD players anymore. Uh, but uh, you can buy the CD, of course, on Amazon or uh, any place where they sell CDs, and uh, you can listen, stream it. And in fact, today it's real important to stream music. I know a lot of fans don't like to stream music, but I think we've got to kind of change our minds about things because the way they're um, tallying record sales these days is by how many streams your your music gets. Yeah, and right. and so it really helps, especially independent artists, to get those songs and albums streamed out there. So if you get if you're if you subscribe to Spotify or one of those music uh, mm -hmm. iTunes whatever uh, Apple Music, uh, please stream the the music. It really helps independent artists and and. Besides that, it's this album. I just so want people to hear it. I mean, if I never make a dime on this record, I yeah. I just want people to hear the music because it's really beautiful music that inspires your soul and is uplifting and fun. And mm -hmm. and that's why we do what we do, Sylvia. Uh, mm -hmm. Honestly, you know, being serious for and I'm yes. rarely serious, and Amelia will tell you, but being serious for a minute, that's why we do what we do. There are people who have, there are an incredibly gifted population we live in. And a lot of people are, are gifted musically. Some are gifted, you know, poetically. We give the, everybody that walks through these doors the opportunity to show off their wares. Because otherwise they may not have the opportunity to do so. Mm -hmm. It's very expensive to get your music heard. Yes. And, and really almost is. impossible and, unless you're on a major label to you're not going to hear yeah, my music. exactly unless you're hearing my old music from the 80s you might hear 
nobody on a, a oldies station or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, and that's so but, if you, you want know, to support, support live music and support uh, independent artists that are you know really trying to and you know these last couple of years have been hard for all of my friends. Oh God, you know, yeah. All of my friends that have not been able to tour. I've not done this. Will be my first show concert live mm -hmm. concert in two and a half years. So oh my God. it's been a long yeah. dry spell with the, the with the virus out there and the pandemic. Um, Are you so, having the make up old dates from pre, from pre pandemic? Yes, we're in the process right now of trying to reschedule, but everybody else is trying to reschedule too. So oh you God, yeah, lined up because everybody's trying to get yeah. back out there, and then you know you just keep watching. That's the news hard. That's yeah. really really hard to do. Oh, I'll tell you what, Sylvia, you are an amazing and patient <laughs> woman. Thank you so much um, for being with us. Amelia, thank you yes. for turning me on to Sylvia. Oh, absolutely. Um, I've actually, in preparation for the show, listened to some of your music, and you're pretty damn good, kid. I think you're going to go yes. someplace. <laughs> thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much yeah. for, for joining us. I'm going to let you go now. Um, <laughs> everybody, it's a, it's a one word. Sylvia, that's all you yes. need to know. SylviaMusic.com. There you go. You are welcome back here anytime, young lady. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, thank you. Have a thank great you, night. Brilliant. God bless. Oh, yes. Bye thank bye. you. That was a hell of a show. I loved it. Mm -hmm. That awesome. was great. Lacey J. Dalton <laughs> fell in love with me. Yes. And, <laughs> and you're not going to Nevada. <laughs> yes. And you're not going to Nevada. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to send her a Wrestling with the Future t-shirt. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. I'll, well, I'll wait till we get the new uh, uh, What's yes. the Buzz shirt. And Sylvia, um, I'd love to send Sylvia one, too. I'll get Oh, God, yeah. I think, um, how do you beat that one? I mean, I think we just got to say goodnight to everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, that was one of the just, great uh, shows. Tell everybody uh, where they can get a hold of your social and all that stuff. Absolutely. Uh, Instagram, of course, you know, it's uh, What's the Buzz. Um, course here with you on Tuesdays and Thursdays unless we have a special guest that we have to do it more than once a week and of course uh, Amelia Valerio Chapman on Facebook or ahap70 at gmail.com and I am always at Mad Dog Decipio on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok you will find us everywhere there's a podcast because we're if you can't find us <laughs> you ain't looking because we're 200 everywhere. something channels I'm telling you what, we are everywhere. On behalf of Amelia Pitbull Chapman, I'm Mad Dog DeCipio. Thank you to Lacey J. Dalton. Thank you to Sylvia. Yeah. And once again, Bruce Valanche, you're the bomb. We love yeah. you. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you.